You're listening to Power in Heels with Macy McLean and Whitney Coonan. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Whitney Coonan. And I'm Macy. And you're listening to Power in Heels. Every single week here, we bring on a new female guest that is doing wonderful things in their industry. They are all trailblazers and amazing people, and we want to bring them on and ask them all the hard-hitting questions that you want to know. Um, Ask them for their life advice and their life stories. We're here to help you uh, get inspired and get motivated. Uh, So this week's guest is Taylor Kate. We are so excited to have her on. Radio and TV personality who has appeared in Canada, the U.S., and around the world. She has her own voiceover company, a blog, and has even made some podcasts. Whitney and I can't wait to uncover Taylor Kay's Secrets to Success. Welcome, Taylor, and thank you so much for allowing us to interview you today. Oh, thanks so much, and thank you. No, yeah, this is an absolute pleasure, Um, and we just want to jump right into it. So let's start off. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, and how you kind of came to be? (laughs) Yeah, I grew up in Hamilton, so a great big steel city, Um, and I went to university, uh, and I... McMaster was my university of choice. Mm -hmm. I did apply afterwards. There was a a grad program for RTA. Uh, There was like a a kind of a post-grad program, but we'll get to that. Um, When I was in high school, I loved radio and I loved TV and I volunteered at the local TV station. And when I talked to my guidance counselor telling her this is what I wanted to do, She's like, well, there's not a lot of women in it and Mm -hmm. almost like deterred me, like said, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. You're good in science and math. Why don't you do something like that? But I still had kind of the radio bug and the passion in me and I had my parents supporting me. So they said, if you, this is something you really, really want to do, why don't you go to university and all these universities have uh, volunteer radio stations. Mm -hmm. Why don't you go there? So that's what I did. I applied to all these different universities McMaster was um, in my hometown so I got to live at home and save a lot of money because we know that can be an expense (laughs) and uh and I kept applying to get into the radio station there and it's very competitive Mm -hmm. and it is who you know for sure and networking so the first year I didn't get in and could have been my ideas who knows I'll never know my second year my father uh was he's passed now but he was electrician and his team was down there doing electrical work at the university at McMaster and they had to shut the power off and again, it's the, where you're supposed to be is where you're supposed to be. The universe will push you, God, mm-hmm. whatever you want to believe in. Like it, everything, if it's meant to be, it'll be. Isn't that a Florida church line? <laughs> <laughs> um, but my dad had shut the power off at this one building with his team. And the general manager of the radio station came down and said, oh my gosh, because it's a volunteer station, they don't have backup generators. So they were off the air and they had no idea. And they said, when are we going to be back on the air? And my dad's like, we've got five other buildings we have to do. So the GM said, please, please, we need to get back on the radio. We need mm-hmm. to get our power back on. And my dad said, well, my daughter's looking for a radio show. We'll work a little bit faster if she gets a show. <laughs> and I had a show that weekend. So Heck yeah, that's it was, awesome. It, but it was, they, it's tough because people will pigeonhole you. They said, what's your program? And I said, well, it was phys ed, kinesiology, same thing to me. I mean, it was, it was mm-hmm. called phys ed at the time. And they're like, oh, you'd be great at basketball and color commentating. And quickly they knew that's not, because I gossiped a lot. I'm like, oh, that girl's like playing great tonight. She was at the bar last night. I saw her last night. <laughs> so I really was full of color. Um, and then I and then I was able to get my own show. I moved on from there. And within that year, it's all about networking. It's all about people you know. And yeah, it's smoke and mirrors. That's what social media is now. I wish social media, social media was around 
in a way back when I was in university, but I had that one in at McMaster University and um, I took that in and called a radio station called Energy 108 at the time. And there was a gentleman there and again, it was meant to be. His producer had just quit. I was available and I knew how to work the board and then I jumped right in. So while I was literally cutting up cadavers in the day as a kinesiology student, I was working a board at a radio station down the street in Burlington. Mm-hmm. Another one of my jobs was picking up the Backstreet Boys and celebrities, but I'll, I'll tell you about that after. <laughs> That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was, but that was part of the job. That was part of the gig because yeah. it was a small radio station. It wasn't a big corporation that owned us. So they're like, do you have a driver's license? You work this board. Can you also drive to pick up celebrities? I'm like, um, yes. <laughs> Don't mind if I <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. Well. So was radio always your dream job when you were younger or did you have a different idea in mind? Um, I, I, you know what? I always wanted radio. When I look back, I, I look back when I was eight years old and I was like, you know, when you, you go into those, uh, local parades in the local newspaper, <laughs> I'd go when I'd want to talk on the radio, any radio station really that anyone would talk to me. And by the way, if you're hearing any noise in the background, that's my dog. I don't know what Jesse <laughs> is doing. So cute. Hi, bud. Um, <laughs> But it's all I wanted to do. But it was tough because there was not a lot of female um, mentors. And and when I look back, my guidance counselor really deterred me and, and, and pushed me away, telling me, you know, stay in science, do what you can. There's not a lot of women in the industry. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a shame because she should have been empowering me and saying, no, go for it. This is your this is your time. Um. So what would you say is your biggest fear? Oh, my biggest fear is when something doesn't record, <laughs> which, which happens all the time. It happened mm-hmm. to me this morning at a podcast when it, with, I do, it's called the F words with Natasha Kaufman and Anthony Mantella. We had a guest on it's happened before, uh, with Tom Cruise and I was almost crying and oh my this is Man. why you, have, you, you build your tribe around you. Yes. It's a competitive industry, but that day there was about 20 of us that got to, to be in a room with Tom Cruise and ask questions. Mm-hmm. And we all got to plug into this board. So, you know, technology can fail. Yeah. And um, that day it failed for me, but my girlfriend ended up picking up the question for me because I had a question for Tom. And it failed for me again, technology. I was backstage at the Oscars and I was going to be asking Viola Davis a question. Mm-hmm. And I, I, again, you know who your tribe is. I had turned, and I'm not going to say which broadcaster, I turned to a broadcaster who is, was from Canada, they are from Canada. I said, oh my gosh, please help me. My, my system just shut down and they were calling my name next. You, you hold numbers up when you're backstage at the oh, Oscars. Okay. It's almost like a lot. It's like an auction, which oh, is kind of, <laughs> you hold a number up and they're like, okay, because everyone's from all over the world. So they're not going to go Taylor K from Canada. It's like number four, five, six at table red, you know, that you hold up a number. So I knew I was next. And, uh, this broadcaster said, no, wow so someone at npr thank you npr uh they said i got you and they they press record everything gets recorded anyway i would have been able to get it but Mm -hmm. for me to edit it and get it out and put it out fast i needed my machine to record and i won't forget that and i i would never have done that even though we're competitors that wasn't my that wasn't their question they could have just said yeah i'll help you out it's not like well, i mean it's the oscars it's not like it's yeah. it's not an exclusive everyone is backstage there yeah for broadcasting well yeah. that was nice of the other yeah. guys yeah, to help you out there wow now i mean um we're always learning new things even when we're done in school when we move on we're always learning new things now is there something that you've always wanted to learn like a new skill that you're still looking to learn something that you're 
you know set your goals on yeah it, it's crazy but it's adobe premiere like is that the type of skill that you want me or play the piano i just sign up for piano cool. lessons which is my my husband mocks me like severely. <laughs> no it's never too That's late awesome. to but yeah, like, I, I want my brain to work on a different on a different level but i've because i have a phys ed degree or kinesiology again same thing like i should people are gonna be like it's not but like it started off as phys ed i will say and then when we graduated it became kinesiology because it was so scientific oh, yes. um anyway um i had to train myself on all the equipment i bought i was probably one of the first and i will say i was one of the first women in canada to have their home studio and your mom <laughs> yeah, um, yes. um is in is in the business but i i would take people's old equipment and and build it and at one point I was across Canada and in the U.S. and in the Caribbean with Rick D's son his name is Kevin D's and we were doing an entertainment show with another gentleman named Mike Gorl we mm-hmm. created this idea of of uh celebrity interviews because no one was using extra EPK interviews and we were creating content and I did this in my closet and I learned all the equipment on my own now everything's video and pictures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I just would like to learn Adobe Premiere for myself. I do have a video editor. You guys were here earlier, so I had a video editor here. But I think it's important if you are running a business, you should know kind of the basics. So if something was to mm-hmm. happen, you know, I, I don't have to be a super duper videographer or, or video editor, but I kind of want to know how Premiere works. I mean, right now I, I Rocket Eye movie. So that's a really good skill to learn and a good goal. Yeah. Uh, So we all start off with some sort of part-time job. What was your first ever job that you had? Oh gosh. So I, so I worked at a place called Muffins and like it had like three three M's and then I lifeguarded and I lifeguarded for the longest time. So people, even when I was doing my first radio job, I had a morning show and after the morning show I'd leave and teach Aquafit and teach like teach kids lessons because moms at nine o'clock in the morning they you know that the moms that were staying home and people would say oh my god you sound exactly like the girl that's on the radio that I listen to I'm like yep it is me <laughs> now we're now we're doing aquafit or we're playing dunk dunk with Kermit the Frog with your child in in you know I don't even know what the car baby shark whatever class is <laughs> but that that was I took I took um, swimming lessons as a kid and I knew and I try and tell my children, or I try and instill that. I'm like, you need to have some skills so that when you move to a city, you can pick it up. I did not want to be in retail. I'm not good at retail. I'm good at buying um, and returning. And <laughs> I know I'm not a good server. Um, as great as I am communicating on the air, I would be, a, my husband even says, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine you as a server. So I needed some type of skill um, even when I was doing radio uh, in London, I taught first aid and was doing swimming lessons when I moved to London to do radio. Oh, okay. Same in Woodstock. When I came to Toronto, I worked with the Red Cross and I did first aid rather than just swimming lessons. Mm-hmm. And then when I was able to like finally let let that go, um, I'm still part of them. I'm still part of Red Cross as an ambassador um, because I believe in them. But I, you know, I, now I don't have to teach first aid courses all the time <laughs> or swimming lessons. Fair enough. Is there like a specific skill that you learn from that that may may seem unrelated in reality, but you think helps you in your career today? Yeah, I think communicating and networking because like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm learning how to deal also dealing with different egos. Right. So every organization that you go to or networking or any any meeting, you're, you have to deal with egos and children. <laughs> like Children <laughs> have 
but I had to deal with parents signing them up for activities and learning how to negotiate, um, help, you know, also learning to negotiate my rate. Um, and I was a supervisor. So that helped me in radio later on in life when I was negotiating contracts and, you know, finding out what my worth is. So, wow, that's incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there someone throughout your career that you've met that maybe helps you that influenced you or help you make decisions? Someone that kind of inspires you a little bit like a mentor. Yeah. You know, I, I've had a bunch of mentors and I think you, you have professional mentors and then you have personal mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have people that don't even know they're my mentors that I look (laughs) online. Like there's a girl, Mel Robbins right now. I follow on, on Instagram and she has a talk show now and I've been following her from day one. And this woman is totally inspirational and it it becomes like a full 180 because now I'm voicing her show in Austin. She has no idea that, but she's like, she's kind of, I don't want to say she's like the Oprah, but she has a talk show and it's, it's pretty successful. And, uh, and if you guys, I'll, I'll send you the link, but she started online and she's, she's anyway. Um, but I, she's a mentor. I would say this one gentleman, Wayne Williams, who got me into radio, he's a mentor uh, the first thing he told me when I got into radio, because I was in kinesiology, I, mm-hmm. he's like, girl, get ready for a ride because <laughs> you, you can't get comfortable where you are. I've been fired nine times. So, or, or I, you don't want to call it fired. Um, <laughs> been, um, what's the word? Uh, packaged and uh, not even packaged. Uh, <laughs> I've been, a consultant has come in and just said, okay, 40 of you are gone and we're changing the format. Like when mm-hmm. they change a the format and you can't, I laugh about it now. I actually, we would have firing parties after my third, like, um, restructuring. There we go. That's the word yes. I'm looking for. <laughs> after our third restructure, the first time really hurt. And each time hurts. I'm not going to lie. Cause you're like, it's very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wayne told me, he's like, don't get comfortable in each role. Like have a great you know, you're as good as your last show. That's what they say. Okay. And a lot of people say, you know, so you give it your all like, it, and maybe that's sad to think that like, you know, every day is your last show, but I have a great day every day. And if it was my last show, wow, that was the best last show I ever had. But, um, Wayne did tell me buy property. And that was the one thing I did. So the other thing I do on the side is I have a successful flipping company. I flip and mm-hmm. I hold real that's estate. Cool. Wow. So, and that's, and I started that when I was 24. Wow. Well, it's a good idea. And I saw yeah. it. It's good, too, but, right? I, but it, it was tough. Again, nobody wanted Fair to enough. give a female, a single female who did not have a full-time job money for sure. When, uh, no bank wanted to. So, but yeah. that's a, that, that's a story for a financial podcast. But Wayne Williams would be one uh, for sure. Uh, Marilyn Dennis is uh, a great mentor. Mm-hmm. And I know I could, you know, right now I could call her up right now and go, I'm having a tough day. I, I need to talk. And I have three kids. So I work a lot and I've had opportunities, morning show opportunities and opportunities out of the country. And I made my choice to be with my kids, raise my kids. And I have a weekend job on chum, but then I fly and I do a lot of stuff. I'm flying across Canada and I, I do stuff for mm-hmm. a lot of brands and I'm a freelancer and Marilyn and I have sat down before and talked about that. She's like, do you want to do this or do you want to be freelance? And I, to be honest, I really love, I love freelance because I, today, if the kids need me, I can go run. It's some days are crazy. I'm not going to lie, but my dogs are fighting. They are so, <laughs> They're so cute. Hey guys. Um, 
the one thing I, I, I would say, like, if you're looking for mentors, you know, it's okay to reach out. And the great thing about social media, you can DM people. And sometimes if they don't see it, you know, go to one of their talks, go to one of their meetings. A lot of these mentors talk at TEDx. I've, another one of my mentors, I will say, is Randy Thomas, who is the voice of the Oscars. She did a TEDx uh, talk in Fargo, and I wasn't able to make it. So they did a viewing in Los Angeles, and uh, her publicist asked, who's also a good friend of mine, he's like, Would, do you want to come to L.A.? And to see the to the screening before it, it, it goes online. Mm-hmm. And my husband said, yeah, go. And with my with my schedule as a freelancer, I'm able just to pick up and go to LA and see my agent. I have an agent there. So I, you know, with my voiceover business. So Randy Thomas, she's the first female voice of the Oscars, uh, Tony Awards. She's just, she started in radio. She's has an incredible voiceover business. So she would be a mentor as well. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, Yeah. that really is. I'm curious to know what you would say is your proudest accomplishment. Uh, Personally or professionally? Um, Why not personally? Uh, Personally, it's my kids for sure. Like that's my proudest accomplishment. I like, and I'll start crying, but I mean, (laughs) it was tough. Yeah, it was tough. I think people, if you want to have kids and and be a, a career person, you can. You just have to you have to figure it out along the way. No one has, no one has all the right answers, <laughs> right? But yeah. I, I read all the books. I did everything and I'm still doing my own thing, right? But you've got to make it work for you and you have to have a tribe. Whoever your tribe is, you've got to have that tribe. It takes a village mm-hmm. when you're raising kids and I have a village. I don't have parents that live here that can help me out when I'm going to the Oscars or next week I'm flying um, out east to do uh, a show for a, a brand. So find your br- tribe, but my kids, they're good kids. And now they, they want to get into the industry. So <laughs> two of them have done a crafting oh. show. Oh, One, cool. Two of them, oh, that's awesome. um, two of them did a crafting show for universal kids in the States. And then the one, I think she'll just be their manager, the younger one, because <laughs> she doesn't want anything to do with the industry. <laughs> oh, um, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I think cool. that would be, that would be some of my best accomplishments. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now what, what would you say maybe would be your biggest setback and how did you overcome that? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. Yeah. My biggest setback. Well, I, th- I think it's, I, I create my own setbacks because you, you create fear or what if I mm-hmm. can't do this? What if I can't do that? Um, so I guess my biggest setback, I'm trying to think, I, maybe it's tr- trying to get to the Oscars. I, I, I scared myself out of getting to the Oscars. So mm-hmm. one year I applied and I was denied the Oscars getting in. And to me, that that is a big accomplishment. There's not a lot of radio personalities that get to go to big shows like that and cover the shows. And uh, But then I was like, okay, I'm going to reach out to every contact I have to find out why I was not uh, accredited this year. And then, um, and then I got accredited. <laughs> I reached out to every single wow, that's contact. Awesome. There you go. And said, what, "What do you need? What do what do you?" And you know, and it's also just being organized. Having they wanted to see how you know, some people just want to go and party. That I'm I'm a hustler and I'm a worker and I work 18 mm-hmm. hours a day when I'm there. As soon as I hit the ground, we're doing interviews. And who knows? Maybe it just I slipped through the cracks there. But I'm not sure if that's a setback. I'm trying to think. Oh, I don't know. No, that's fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. I'm just just push for what you want. And yeah. Yeah. Hustle. Yeah. Exactly. Just hustle. Fair yeah. Enough. Yeah. So we've already learned a lot about you, but what surprises people most about you? Um, I, th- I think because I, pe- what surprises people most is I have a kinesiology degree and they're like, Oh, she actually does have a brain because I, <laughs> I I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> I do have surprise people like that. And I think, 
um, people are surprised that I have um, my other business, which is uh, the property business, because mm-hmm. I don't really talk about that that often. Um, because I, as an entrepreneur, I have to have three or four things on the go that in, in my brain, because I have a plan A, plan B, yeah. plan C. <laughs> so, and I will say, as a radio personality, when you're moving around, and I do tell radio personalities when they are. For example, I have an intern from Niagara and I said, purchase a house in Niagara if you can, or find some money with mm-hmm. somebody to, to, and I mean, of course it's difficult now because properties are so expensive, but yeah. you need that backup because now I have friends now that are in their late thirties and forties. They never set roots anywhere. And it doesn't mean you have to move there, but at least you have some type of property that can make money. Um, now I have friends that will never be able to get into the market. And when you're 20 and when you're, you sure you might not have a ton of money, but you have enough for maybe a, a slight down payment because the government gives you, um, a little mm-hmm. bit of, of, you know, we, again, that probably is for a financial podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, but, no, like we can yeah. go into that. I think that's yeah, a good thing for everybody. Yeah, to it's very interesting because a lot of young people don't think about that. They don't think about making those investments because in the long run, that's going to benefit them. So yeah. Tell me more about that. Where did that decision come from? How did the whole house flipping thing? Well, it was, it was through Wayne Williams for sure that who was a DJ at, at, uh, energy went away. And he just said, you're going to move around a lot. So my first property that I purchased was by McMaster and I just rented every room out. And then I had a room for myself and I picked a place. So if you're in radio or TV, pick a place because you, you need to have some type of income because at some yep. point you will lose your job and you don't want to think like that, but at some point you will, and you don't want to be, maybe you do want to rent all your life and that's great too. But I'm looking at a lot of my friends now that can't get into the market, can't, yeah. and they've, they've given up children. They've given up, have husbands and don't give up anything for a job. Right. I will say that like, unless that, if that's the career, if that's the path that you want, but I've, I've never given up. I'm like, no, I'm going to have a husband and I'm going to have mm-hmm. children anyway. Um, so I found a, I found a house and, um, I was denied again, probably another setback. A bank said, no, you don't have enough money. You're not going to be able to get a house. So, uh, I went to a lawyer and I said, is there anybody that will take a first mortgage that, you know, like someone let's, let's be honest, a rich family, a rich couple <laughs> or someone. And there are people out there that will take first mortgages because for, for sure your rate's going to be more expensive, your mortgage yeah. rate. But, um, I was able to meet this couple. They were 70 years old. Their name, they've passed now, but the Hudeckis. And I had to have tea with them once a month, give them my check and tell them about what I was going to do next because they wanted to help a female entrepreneur and they wanted to hear about the radio stories. Um, The one year I went to the Playboy Mansion and um, the gentleman was very excited. He was, again, he was in his 70s and he's like, what? You went to the Playboy Mansion? And his wife's like, oh my goodness. Um, but you know, I should go back. You don't have to have a husband. You don't have to have a kid, have to have kids. I mean, if you just want career, I'm just saying that's what I wanted. And I didn't want to Mm -hmm. give that up. And I know a lot of people that, um, maybe just want, they don't want kids, but they want a partner and they give up the partner for the job and the job doesn't work out. You have to, you know, it's fine to write stuff down and say what you like. I, I really, I had offers in the United States for, for big opportunities, but I'm like, no, the, I, I want to be here. I want to be here with mm-hmm. my, uh, my Greg, who is the love of my life. We've been together 18 years and, mm-hmm. and I wasn't <laughs> able to have kids. It was a lot, it, that was really, really tough. And there's not a lot of people in our industry, um, that have multiple children mm-hmm. like, because you can't take, well, you can, 
legally take a mat leave. But I did radio from my house. I had, when I had my middle one, Julia, she was five weeks old and I did my radio show live from my house and my partner, yeah. Chris Biggs was, uh, at another studio and we did an ISDN line. Wow. Because I wanted to yeah, come make back. It work. But again, you can legally, you can take time off legally. You can do anything, do whatever you want. But I mean, write it down and, and have your mentors and I'm probably mm-hmm. like rambling, but that's okay. No, no, no all good. good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good advice. You really shouldn't give up your own true goals just for something else and kind of make sure you keep in mind what you really, yeah. really want personally. But I mean, I think I, I don't know, maybe it's a Canadian thing and there were, were studies done that say, um, and I think Canada, we are for home ownership. It, there's pride in home ownership. Mm-hmm. And do you guys, do you guys want to rent for the rest of your life or do you want to? No, I think owning no. a house is owning a house. Yes, solid investment. It's a good idea. We're in other markets and in other countries it's not a big deal. So maybe, hmm. maybe it's something that's been instilled there. You should probably look it up, but there is a study that says <laughs> that Canadians, for some reason, we want home ownership. It is maybe built in our DNA. Who knows? Maybe want it. So just because you're a student, just because you're in radio and you have to move around, doesn't mean you can't have property. Um, Adam Wilde, who's at Kiss, uh, Adam Wilde, who was at Kiss, I should say, <laughs> and now at Virgin, we all move around so much. <laughs> He also does properties as well. Um, we've talked about that. And Marilyn has said to me many times, she's like, oh my gosh, like like for real, I know it's the best thing I did because when I lost jobs, I didn't lose income because I had yep. rental income coming in from properties. Yeah. And no, then jump back into the game. Good advice. Um, can you tell us more about uh, building your brand, like around your name personally? Because especially in this inter- industry, that's um, a good idea to do is use your name as you, like you as the brand because then you know, as you move from job to job, it's still you representing yourself and that's more beneficial. Can you tell me more about that? So, um, I think it's really important for yourself to brand yourself as a personality or as a brand. Think of yourself as Coke or Pepsi because that's, you are a brand, your social media, when your employers visit you and go online, as soon as you email someone, the first thing they do is they're going to go check you out. That's the first thing I do when someone messages me. I'm like, Google their name, what's coming up. Um, For my husband, it's a male model in Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is not him. Well, but I'd like to meet this other guy over here. No, Um, but I really, I'm, I'm really um, protective of my brand and Mm -hmm. and what I do and who I am. So yes, I'm a mom. Yes, I have three kids, but I'm a career mom. Because I'll have brands come up to me and they're like, you're a mommy blogger. I'm like, "Mm, no, I'm not. I'm not. And not to put down what mommy blog, there's people that are mommy bloggers and do a kick-ass job at what they do for that. But I am a radio content creator and TV creator that just also happens to be a mom who has three kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's hard because I've had to try and convince people that because every time I go, they're like, it's Taylor K, the mommy blogger girl. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) and the special K's. I've even branded my kids. Uh, as the special case oh, that's awesome. <laughs> because I didn't want to share their names on social media yeah, or anything like that. For so sure. there were crazy. I'm going to be honest. There was some crazy people at one point when we were vlogging on YouTube, that is a scary world sometimes, Ooh, yeah. um, writing inappropriate things about my toddlers at the time. So I went, uh, no, um, if you dig deep enough and I sometimes say their names, on 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 air or online sure but most of the times they're branded the special case the special case Mm -hmm. um but if you look through my feed and my feed's not curated like a lot of people's but it is it I'm very mindful of it I I do there's an Instagrammer across the street 
and she's got half a million followers. Wow. So beautiful. <laughs> like she lives right across the street from me. Her feet is so beautiful, so curated. She's a photographer. She's got the presets and the filters. If you wow. look at mine, I'm like, it's like, it'll have my dogs, Jesse and Jeff. It has me. It has the special K's. Then you'll have me at the home show. Maybe I'm at the Oscars. And then sometimes I'm like a hot mess. Like I'll go from literally <laughs> picking the kids up at school to a red carpet. Like that is my wow, life. Yeah. And, I, and sometimes... Uh, I'll, I don't even have time. I'll put, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> no, no. I'll paint okay. only half of my hand, my nails, because that's the hand that has the microphone to share on the red carpet. Cause that's I amazing. didn't have time to paint. It's <laughs> a very good tip. You know I think what, I'm going to use that one I'm day. Like, there you go. So I, so, but when you are applying for a job or looking, do a clean sweep. And I actually talked about this on another podcast today on, on, on my own F words podcast. <laughs> You must do a clean sweep of your social media. And mm-hmm. some people are like, no, what's mine is mine. Yes, but you have to edit out. If you're drinking all the time and partying and 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 uh, boys and uh, men and women, right? And, you know, dressing a certain way. I know people are going to go, oh, what are you talking about? No, employers look at that. I'm yep. sorry. You know, you can, and you can say, no, that's not fair employers. Okay, then privatize your social accounts and then have a social account just for them to see. Or you don't, you don't actually do, you don't have to share your social accounts with your employers, but if it's Googleable and searchable, Googleable, is that even a word? <laughs> I think sure, so. we can it make is, it, it is up. now. Um, so think about your brand. My brand is like, I call it the F words brand. That's why I have a podcast. It's about family, food, fun. We do talk about finances for sure here in my family. Um, it's about films because I get to go to the Oscars. So anything yep. in the F category. And you think about it, everything cool starts with the letter F. And you can take that wherever True. you want. Not you, but yeah. I think fun, food, family, finance, even fear. Like, you know, fear is in there too. That's part of my world too. Yeah, of course. That's awesome. Uh, so you've obviously had some pretty cool experiences. But who would you say was the coolest celebrity you ever interviewed? Oh, gosh. Um, I've been very blessed. Um, and I do like, and, and people, okay, now I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm going to you know who I'm going to say, because I love him so much is Ricky Gervais. I love Ricky Gervais. Oh yes. And I've met Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Those guys, I can talk about them quickly too. Okay. I'll talk about them very fast. Go ahead. They're old school <laughs> celebrities that talk to everyone on the carpet. They, they almost, I, and Angelina Jolie is the same. They float on the carpet they get why we're there as a reporter on the carpet. You've invested probably about 12 hours of your time already. You have seen the movie. You have got, got your hair and makeup done to get onto the red carpet. Now you've waited on the carpet four to five hours. Um, actually it might be even more time you've invested by the time you've seen the movie, by the time a, a reporter has seen the movie, they've probably invested 15 hours. I'm thinking. And then if the celebrity does not stop and talk, I'm like, what the, come on, are you serious? I've invested this time and saw your movie and this is your only job you have to do. Now, some of them, they, they're like, no. Brad Pitt, George Clooney, they'll spend the time. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, they'll spend the time. And you may wow. not get the one-on-one. You might get someone, a clip of someone else's question, but they truly look like they are there and they know their job. And George Clooney sometimes has even said in interviews, he's like, I want the younger stars to do this, to do, to do the interviews, because yeah. I, I don't have to do this anymore. People know who I am, but mm-hmm. if he produces a piece or directs a piece, he'll walk the carpet and talk. Ricky Gervais, I will say is the coolest person that I've talked to just because 
he was a radio person that transferred to uh, movies. He was a creative, I think creative service director or something like that in the UK. However, I had a, a boss that was uh, retiring and it was a big boss at a radio station. And every Friday we had to watch The Office uh, at The Office. It was a big pizza party because he was a big Ricky Gervais fan. Ooh. So Ricky was coming to town, to Toronto, and um, I was working at a competitor at the time. I was working at Chum, which I'm at now. And this old boss was at Rogers, another broadcaster. And the president of Rogers had called me up, this one gentleman at the time. He's like, do you think you can get Ricky Gervais? I'm like, why can't your people get Ricky Gervais? I <laughs> joked around. But he knew that I was on the circuit for TIFF and that I, I was a big Ricky Gervais fan. Yeah. He's like, do you think you could get um, Ricky to say something to this gentleman who was now retiring, who made us watch the office all the time. And he was like, he was an executive. And I said, I don't know. So you go into these, you go into these, um, uh, interviews, you get three minutes with a celebrity, not a lot of time. Like as soon as you sit down, the clock is ticking. You're like Mm -hmm. asking your questions that day. Again, back to the universe. I sat down, the camera broke. And Ricky's team's like, give us 10 minutes, but you can sit here. So in that 10 minutes, I'm like, oh my God, I got 10 minutes to make an impression on Ricky to see if he'll do this for me. (laughs) Go. (laughs) And it was Ricky and Jennifer Garner at the time. And I said, hey, we were having conversation. Yeah, I'm from radio. You started in radio. Here's a funny story. I have a boss who's a retiring who like loves you and is a super fan would make us watch the office every Friday and have a pizza party. (laughs) I don't know if you want to give him a shout out. You can, if you don't. And like that totally I will say to anyone else is not appropriate you shouldn't do that (laughs) in any junket but this was like a big executive and and also a mentor to me Mm -hmm. so um take the chance Ricky did it exactly the camera the camera started up and Ricky said before she gets to ask her question I want to I want to do something for her. And he did it. So if the gentleman's name was Sandy Sanderson. He used to work at Rogers Radio. He's retired now. But Ricky Gervais did this whole like act. And he didn't have to do that. I'm sure that he gets so asked sweet. that all the time. Like, oh, it's my son's bar mitzvah. Give <laughs> <laughs> a shout out. But I think he knew like it's going back to his radio roots. We were kind of geeking out. And he's like, I'll do this favor for this girl. Oh, so that, awesome. that was that a good experience. So sweet. Really yeah wild. and I mean and then I got it for an, like you know a competitor broadcaster I did get invited to the the retirement dinner to see that video so that was good oh that's that's, <laughs> that's incredible awesome. yeah so I'm curious to know of course what the best piece of advice you've ever gotten but I'm also curious to know what the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten. oh yeah. god it's not even for air the worst piece of advice <laughs> all right all right <laughs> um the best piece of advice is 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 network 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 and mm-hmm. I know people say never say no you know you got it but I I say yes a lot because I never know where that will go mm-hmm. for example the Oscars I was asked to do an interview with an author and I was asked to do a favor. I was busy that day. I had no time, but it was a friend of mine and the book kind of looked interesting and I thought the author looked interesting. And when I got there, the author is now one of my best friends, but he's the publicist of the Oscars. So at the end we met, um, we chatted, we had an interview. I gave him some contacts for TV so that he could go on. He's like, no one's ever shared that with me. He's like, anytime you want to come to the Oscars, and I'm like, and I'd already applied and we've done, and I've been, but anyway, um, we've been friends ever since. So I always say yes. Cause you never know who you're going to meet, whether it's networking, friends, family, anything. Right. So, I mean, you can say no sometimes if you're <laughs> tired and you're like, I want to be in my pajamas, yeah. but I always say yes, because you don't know where that journey life's a journey. Go on it, go for a ride. Right. 
That's some really good advice. That, wow. That is. I just need to get more babysitters, I think, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the worst advice, um, oh, God. You'll have to beep this out for real. Okay, I can do that. Uh, can you? Yep. It was my guidance counselor, and I wasn't going to bring this up. <laughs> oh, did you yes. have Did you have a bad guidance counselor, too? No, ours was fine. They but were, I mean, you guys went crazy, to the same right? high school, right? Yeah. yeah. Can't trash So when I wanted... <laughs> oh, are you guys related to the guidance counselor? No. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, you're really going to have to beep this Just out. Just in case they Pro- hear this. Like, yeah. probably, <laughs> promise you'll bleep this, because I when I sat in her office, and think, like, you're a 16-year-old kid, 17, trying to figure out what you want to do, and I said, I want to go into... I can't even believe I'm going to say this in the media industry. She said, well, it's who you know and who you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This is what she said to me. Really? And I went home. That's inappropriate. It's so inappropriate. You can't imagine. This is a female talking to another female. That's that's, ridiculous. And being like 16 sitting like that. Oh, being told. And I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding me? It is yeah, in no. a way connections, but I I was like, she's talking about the casting couch she's talking about. And now when you think about the Me Too generation and everything coming out and the Harvey Weinstein, all this stuff, I'm like, oh, anyway. Just no. Wow. Um, so that was inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the worst advice I, <laughs> I ever... I, I probably okay and if you don't want to use that the other advice I got was move to Sudbury and I didn't want to move to Sudbury <laughs> Sudbury Sudbury's amazing though I it's, love Sudbury yeah. and it's gorgeous but I wanted I wanted to stay in Toronto and the GTA area for mm-hmm. my radio career and I was able to do that but did I have the exact job I wanted at that moment no but I had a job that I was pretty happy with and cool mm-hmm. with but I, I remember I was offered a morning show in Calgary and I was doing a midday show in, um, in London and I turned down the morning show. There was just something. And I remember like yeah. the cat, the, the gentleman, uh, it was like out of a movie, the elevator doors were closing and I'd already turned down the job and he's like, you're missing out. And the doors closed. Oh, and wow. I, I was in the elevator going down. Wow. I'm like, okay, am I missing out? Cause that was really creepy. Yeah. Just a bit. <laughs> but when I got back home, I got a call to come to Toronto and I got hired at a Toronto station. And then I yeah. went on a TV show from there, Steven and Chris. So everything for a reason, right? Yeah, so definitely. you've got to feel good about your gut, where you're going. You have to feel good about the people you're working with. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I just always follow that gut feeling then. Cause I guess most of the time it's right, I guess. Yeah. You, most of the time. And if <laughs> not, yeah. don't follow exactly. it the next time. But. Exactly. No, yeah. that's fair enough. Good advice. Um, what would you say maybe is the boldest thing you've ever done? You probably, you know, tried new things, done different things. If you could say, you know, the boldest thing, what would that be? Oh, the boldest thing yeah. is I made up an email and cause people were denying me interviews and mm-hmm. please try this like, cause it works people. I'm telling you. It's like, it, I can't believe it works to this day. I'm like, really? So I was listening to, oh my God, his name's Jamie Kennedy. And he's a, he's a comedian, not mm-hmm. the chef from Toronto. Okay. And I was listening to a show he was on. And this is like a decade ago. No, or maybe even more. Um, no man, nobody was picking up uh, a manager, an agent for him or something in LA. So he made up a fake email and emailed a potential agent in LA and I'm at at the story is probably like broken telephone now but he emailed this manager and on behalf of himself meanwhile it was really himself saying I'd I'd love Jamie Kennedy to meet with you uh and anyway he got the meeting that is so Sir Anthony Hopkins I'll tell you this story Sir Anthony Hopkins I was denied an interview in Toronto for the Toronto International Film Festival I'm like 
what would Jamie Kennedy do? I've never said that in my life, but I mean, at that time, people were like, who the hell is this guy? You'll Words Google him. By. I've walked out on his com- comedy shows in LA. Sorry, Jamie. Like, I don't know. You were high or something, but it was like, I've walked out of your shows. But your advice back in the day was okay. I, years ago, I don't, I can't do this now because people now know who I am, but I, I wrote an email and I emailed people in LA and I'm like, Taylor Case uh, is here and she's going to be here for the Toronto International Film Festival and she would really like some time to talk to Sir <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. And I had been denied in Canada nonstop mm-hmm. from representatives. I got back, I got an email back like, boom, right away. And they're like, yes, what time slot do you want? Wow. It was ridiculous. Incredible. Wow. <laughs> like, what the hell? I'm the same person. I can't I can't even remember the fake email I used. I, I don't even know. It might have been like Julia, because that's my daughter's name now, but it might have been like Julia. Like now I've given her name, right? The special case. There you go. Sometimes I do. But it was like just a fake yeah. email, Gmail, and it's horrible advice, but also I got what I it's wanted. Also good, though. Pretty genius. <laughs> what was though. the first, what was the question about um, the boldest thing uh, well, you're talking about? Slash shadiest thing you've ever done. That well, it worked bold. though, so you can't really uh and you know. I would walk into parties like you you walk in like you belong. Mm-hmm. So I will say this past Oscars there was a huge party with Hillary Swank and there was no way in hell we my girlfriend and I were getting in and she's a pretty big PR person in Los Angeles, but it's hard. You think that people like if you're a PR person, I'll help you out. You'll help. No, it's it's competitive, especially around the Oscars and their specific parties that you want to go to. We I don't even know how we got in. We just walked right into this Cadillac Hillary Swank party. No one stopped us. Wow. So if you think you're supposed to be somewhere that you're supposed to be, you can get in. Again, Confidence. I was like, I'm like, I work at a radio station in Toronto. And yes, I'm at the Oscars and stuff. But the, mm-hmm. this was a big swanky party with Hillary Swank. <laughs> And wow. I ate all your food because nobody in LA eats. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Um, being a radio personality, do you think that, like, what do you think is going to happen with traditional radio and its future? Do you think it has, yeah, do you think it's going to last or? Yeah, I think it's going to last. It's just evolving and you have to change with it. And the people that don't want to change, you're not going to last. So um, radio is now social media, you know, Uh whether it's a podcast, whether it's a radio show that turns into a podcast, um, there is Facebook lives. I've evolved into an expert on Facebook lives and, and other content. I've, from my expertise of Facebook lives, I had someone from Twitch reach out, which is a gaming platform, but Amazon bought them and they want professionals who can talk. So it's going to evolve. Um, and you know, there are going to be a lot of syndicated shows. They're going to amalgamate, amalgamate mm-hmm. a lot of, um, maybe stations, affiliates, different shows, but it's going to always be changing. People need local content. People like personalities. And, you know, um, I know there's American shows that get brought into Canada and they're, they're not going to last. They'll last for a couple of years, but if you're not bringing local content, those shows aren't going to last. People can't relate to that. They want to see, uh, you at the local hardware store live on location and stuff like that. People crave that. And if that does go away, it's going to go on to social media and then radio shows or podcasts will pick up that way. So if it's not with a big broadcaster, it's still going to just evolve and change uh, Mm -hmm. into social media in another way. Oh, that's very enlightening. Yeah. Um, now, 
what would you say about women in radio and maybe in media in general where do you think that's going what do you think is happening and maybe some advice for women like us well I think there's a lot of great companies like Rogers and Bell that have some great strong role models there in positions like we've got um my my boss Sarah Cummings who is at Chum she's a strong personality and strong woman she runs like I think I I I don't even know how many more stations she runs but uh, I don't know how she keeps it together so I know I could text her at like two in the morning it'll take a while but she will get back to me (laughs) but um she's great and she's understanding then there's Julie Adam and Wendy Duff um at um at Rogers Tammy Cole is another great person great person uh, who's running the ship at Chorus in Toronto and if I'm forgetting some females there's Heidi Baton who is in London um Karen Steele is another great female here in Toronto there's a lot of female um strong female role models right across Canada and I think what happened years ago is we were not given the opportunity and now these women are shining and taking over stations and mm-hmm. making them number one. And, you know, someone like Karen Steele, who was a friend friend and also an employer, um, I've worked with her on multiple stations where she's taken the stations to different uh, heights. Taylor Jukes will be another person. Um, she works for iHeartRadio in Miami. She used to be here in Canada. She's done a lot of incredible things, and she's working with Elvis Duran, um, and the Z100 people because they are yep. syndicated. But there's a good there's a good example where she's doing local and she has local personalities in Miami. Her one of her morning show guys like they they are New York in Miami, but she's taking that station and growing it because she's trying to make the station and iHeartRadio and the whole format evolve. Yeah, no, those so are incredible things. There is a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's just where what you want to do with it. And and with opportunity, you you must help other women. Like you have to have your hand out when you, when the glass ceiling is broken, don't try and patch it up, lend a hand and pull someone back up to help. I'm always, I have interns all the time. I'm learning from interns all the time. I take interns from Sheridan and Humber Ryerson. If you guys want interns, you just have to apply, <laughs> but I want people to learn hands-on what to do as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. with a voiceover company with a social media company and also people can come visit me at the radio station but there is life outside of radio within radio I think what you're going to have to do is yes you can have a radio job but it's just going to be something different maybe it's social media radio and digital like it's just going to evolve and you and as women you're going to grow with that and then have strong mentors some of them who I mentored I mentioned Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, So as you've mentioned, you have children. What do you hope the future holds for them? And do you give them any specific advice? I I always tell them to go for their dreams. And it's hard because even my 12-year-old, she's like, oh, I can't do that and I can't do this. But I'm like, just go for it. Go for it. But it's it's tough because I will say I see see things happening at the school where, where men are favored over women. I'll just even say... For, they have a cross country meet tomorrow and at, they fought for it and now the girls are going to get it the boys were running uh for their age group were running uh like two kilometers and the girls were only running 1.5 yeah the kilometers. distance is different based on yeah. the di- yeah. and so my daughter and her friends fought for that saying why we're the same age why can't we run the same distance yeah. so you know i think i i t- i t- they're part of the we we're, we're a we family which is a great organization and we volunteer i hope that they'll volunteer i hope um 
Oh gosh, I, I could go on. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I I hope so much for them, but I, I you know what? I know they are strong female personalities because of who I am. So I'm in trouble, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really not worried about what they want to do. I think one wants to be a lawyer, one wants to be a vet, and one says she likes meat. When asked her what she wants to do, the youngest is like, oh, "I like good. meat," so maybe she's gonna be a butcher. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. I like meat. Okay, um, counts as something. Great. Yeah. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Um, but you know what? We do sit down and we talk about our goals and each year we talk about what they want to do for activities and things and mm-hmm. they're not allowed to quit activities. They can, they have within six months. So we sign them up for six months and because whether it's a team sport, an individual sport, because you, you learn, you learn that yeah. you can't quit. You can't quit in life. There's times that I'm like, oh man, this is so hard. I do not want to do this or something's frustrating. Mm-hmm. I can't quit. And I don't want them to learn like that you can quit either. You have to give it your all. And then when you've given your all, okay, then let's do plan B then. Yeah, no, yeah. stick with the commitment. I fully yeah. agree with that, definitely. Um, well, I think that's all the time that we yes. have. But we want to thank you so much for joining us. We learned a lot today. Oh, I'm sure all so of our listeners much. are really going to enjoy this. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, you're yeah. really inspirational. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank Great. you. Thanks for hanging out at my house. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today, everybody. We hope you learned something new and even got a little bit inspired. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at powerinheels underscore radio, where we will reveal next week's guest. My name is Whitney Coonan. And I'm Macy McLean. We'll see you all next week.